Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, bringing you the latest information for families seeking to adopt, adoptees, and women considering placing a child for adoption. Now, with today's program, here is Marty Caldwell. Well, welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. I really appreciate you joining us today for our special um, session we have, and we have a wonderful guest with us who's going to answer a lot of questions that so many um, viewers and listeners have been coming in with about the adoption tax credit, the federal tax credit, and what they can deduct and what it's all about. Um, the tax deduction and tax credits for adoptive families is always very important and a very hot topic. So today, uh, I would like to go ahead and introduce our guest, uh, Aaron Rubin. Uh, Aaron is a, um, a JD, a CPA, and a CFP, and is a leading wealth manager in San Jose. He acts as a personal CFO for a select group of successful Silicon Valley families, helping them make a plan to comfortably transition into retirement. Aaron graduated from Claremont um, McKinney College with a BA in Economics and Accounting, Spanish, and went on to get his JD from the University of Illinois. He's a member of the California Bar and licensed at a C- as a CPA, and recently received his CFP designation. Also, Aaron and his wife, are Libby, are both currently in going through the adoption process, so this is really special and very important um, because you're going through this. So welcome to Let's Talk Adoption, Aaron. Thank you. Well, we have got a lot of questions to go over today. Um, that We have had you know, questions from people and um, uh, about adoption tax credit, and it's changing almost every year. Um, so there's so many. I'm going to just j- jump right in. Um, the ad- ad- adoption uh, federal tax credit is a credit, not a deduction, correct? That is correct. Uh, you know, even though it's not a deduction, some employers do offer an exclusion, but it, it, is, a, it is a credit for individuals who want to claim it. Okay. So when, um, when can an adoption tax credit, first off, how much is it? This, we have it for 2009 at $12,150. Right. And... Um, and we're going to get in some questions about when they can claim that, but um, when can they claim the adoption tax credit? Uh, during the, the year they finalize, or can they stretch it over a period of time? Well, you know, it, a lot of it depends upon whether it's domestic or foreign. Mm-hmm. If it is uh, a domestic adoption, uh, generally you're able to take the expenses at least the year after the expenses are paid, or in the year that the adoption becomes final. Okay. Now, if it's a foreign adoption, unfortunately, you're going to have to wait until the adoption is actually finalized before you can take uh, any of the credit or exclusion, for that matter. And that would be finalized in the United States because many countries require that you adopt the child and bring it back and finalize the child in in your in the United States. Yeah, you know, there's there's a list of of, of requirements that that makes it final finalized for the uh, adoption credit. Okay. Um, so definitely consult an advisor if, if you are a working on a foreign adoption. Right, and I think an irs.org has, uh, .gov has some great, uh, has a whole section on this too. Um, what are the, the income limitations for taking the adoption tax credit? Because some people make more money than others, and they I've had people ask about, you know, can I take the whole credit, but I, my income's over this or that. How can we dispel that, uh, kind of dissect that up for us? Right, well, it all starts with the person's adjusted gross income. It's also called AGI. And generally what that is is comprised of uh, wages, interest, dividends, rental income, and kind of everything you get money from, and less some other um, adjustments to that. For instance, uh, Schedule C people, those that are, have their own businesses, can deduct uh, health insurance costs from that number, mm-hmm. um, as well as um, 
that you can deduct traditional IRA contributions for some taxpayers. Mm-hmm. But you end up getting to a number where that's called the AGI. Okay. And if your AGI is um, below 182180 you can take the full credit um, as long as you have tax liability, uh, no problem. Okay. That's now, if it's over 222180 you can't take it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're in between that range, then there's a, a proportion you take to actually find out how much credit you're allowed to uh, to use. So most people can get something, but if you're over that $180,000 in income, you know, a com- combined income, then um, then you'll have to do a proportionate part of it will be, um, be able to be used, right? Yeah, and, okay. and, and also people need to keep in mind that it's not a refundable credit. Mm-hmm. That means you can only deduct it up to your tax liability. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So um, when families are looking at this too, what kind of receipts should they be keeping uh, track of? Well, the, the expenses that generally qualify are adoption fees, so the fees someone would, would pay lifetime, mm-hmm. uh, attorney's fees, court costs, um, and traveling expenses as well. Mm-hmm. So in traveling expenses, not only include the hotel, but also the meals uh, okay. that you're, while you're away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the, the things that aren't um, used in the credit, uh, you, any expense that violates state law, you okay. obviously can't use. Sure. Um, and the, the cost of adopting a spouse's child also, mm-hmm. yeah, you cannot use. You can't use it. How about it, uh, for printing when you print profiles or mailings or long-distance phone calls or gift cards or uh, uh, you know, birth mom expenses? Um, Generally, those would be, I think, uh, considered to be part of the credit. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the birth expenses, again, you have to be cautious about not violating state law because mm-hmm. states do have particular um, laws in place that don't allow certain expenses to be paid for for birth mothers. So yes, you need right. to be cautious of that. Right. Every law, some, some states don't allow you even buy a flower bouquet for a birth mother, so they have to be very careful with that, too. But they can deduct any travel, um, I think, in long distance and that type of thing uh, that they're doing if they're any consultant or someone's working with them even uh, if you hired a graphic artist to help you put your profile together is that an expense that can be deducted you know i i believe it would you know is because there's such a wide variety exactly. of expenses and things that you know if you have a question you know it that is something that I would need to do more research on. So right. I'm sure kind of consulting someone um, who's able to, to do that research in an effective manner would, would be right. a good idea. And you're in California. Do you, um, are you, we're going to give out your email in just a little bit too. Um, are you able to consult with um, uh, adoptive parents to be uh, in other states also? I, well, I, I don't actually do tax work. Okay. Um, so, but I, I definitely have um, a team of experts that I, that I turn to um, that are, are pretty darn good yeah that's uh, great so if someone wants something like that again we'll be giving out your email in just a little bit so um everyone hang in for that because we're going to give that to you so you can contact aaron regarding these uh, in, you know tax deductions too and you know here's another one i get in a lot uh, how do they know if their adoption uh, their adopted child qualifies as a special needs child because some people say well my child was exposed to drugs what qualifies a child as special needs and, and, and for taxes you know, yeah when when i had um first started the adoption process, and I was reading through the credit myself, because I mean, I, I'd never really paid much attention to it until I decided to go um, go through the, the adoption um, process, but I, w- I discovered that, you know, a special needs child is, is a term of art, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is to say that a special needs child is a child that the state has determined 
is a special needs child. Mm. So y- y- you'd think, you know, you could automatically take um, the credit or have those mm-hmm. special needs provisions come in, you know, on the basis of your situation. But indeed, uh, as long as the, the child is a citizen mm-hmm. uh, or resident of the U.S., um, and the state determines, you know, that the child um, has factors that would consider to be a special needs child. And those factors um, include the ethnic background of the child, the age of the child, um, whether the child uh, is part of a minority, whether or not the child is part of a larger sibling group. Um, and, of course, medical conditions come into play, physical and mental and emotional handicaps mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go into that, that determination factor that a state will use. Mm-hmm. So that would be something maybe the social worker would do that was doing the home study or um, it, uh, the finalization of the adoption because um, through independent adoption and the child is not going through the foster care being FAS adopt or through the state adoption. Um, I guess it would be case by case to really determine how they're going to go ahead and, and, and kind of push through uh, and say, I really like to have my child qualified as a special needs child because of fill in the blank. Right, and, and I think that, that as, as you get through the process and as, um, as you get closer to adoption date, once you get matched, you know, start asking questions from uh, the person who is, who's helping you know, with the adoption, whether or not that's the attorney or the social worker or um, the facilitator. Yeah, okay, and, and work in that area so they can find out. Um, I think that's good because really every adoption is different, and, and uh, there are no you know, hard set um, rules, even the tax credit, you know, being $12,150, it varies because of your income. So uh, they really need a tax specialist. You really can't be doing this on your own without having a tax specialist do this. Yeah, it, it's definitely a good idea. Uh, okay. at, le- at least that, that year you adopt or you want to take those adoption expenses. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, what happens if an adoption falls through, God forbid? I mean, it does happen and, and people have put money out. It happened with me, uh, with my adoption, one of my adoptions, uh, a couple of them, where we had put some money out, uh, not a whole lot, but uh, you know, it still hurt more emotionally than financially. But um, if you're adopting and you've you've you are able to provide birth mom expenses, or you've done profiles or traveled to see a birth mom uh, and meet her, or even gone to the hospital, um, can you deduct any of that? Uh, well, you you can still use that as a credit. Hmm. Uh, so, again, it's, it's subject to the same kind of restriction where you have to wait until the year after you, you incur the expense um, to actually use it as the credit. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's also important to keep in mind that um, you can only take that credit up until you, you hit the maximum, and then once you hit that maximum, you can only take another credit if you're adopting your second child. So the general rule is you need a successful adoption in order to take another set of credit. Okay. So, for example, my adoption for my son was $27,000. And if we were doing it and, and finalized in 2009, I would have been able only to take the $12,150 because my income's under $180,000. Um, would I carry that over then to another adoption? No, you no, you would not be able to carry it over to another doctor. So I would just I would just take it up to that twelve thousand one hundred fifty dollars. Right, and, and and let's say you know in, in one of your um, unsuccessful adoptions, mm-hmm. let's say you use the full credit for that unsuccessful adoption, mm-hmm. you would not be able to take the credit again until you were adopting your second child. I see, and again up to the the amount too. So that's why a good specialist in this area is important. Yeah, yeah, very sure. very good point. Okay, good. Um, this is one that comes up a lot. Can I still claim the credit even if my employer already paid for some of the cost and did not include in my um, income? 
So employer benefits, you know, they can go from 500000 to $10,000. Yeah, and and actually the employer exclusion can go all the way up to the twelve thousand one fifty. Okay, really. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the the answer to the question is yes. You can take the credit even though your employer has partially paid for some of the expenses. Wow. Okay. But the rule is you can't double dip. Mm-hmm. So if your employer, let's say, paid for your um, your agency fee, which just so happened to be twelve thousand one hundred fifty dollars, mm-hmm. you couldn't take the credit for that same agency fee. Right. However, you know, for the attorney costs, you could take the credit. And mm-hmm. for the travels and meals, you could take the credit again. And for, uh, not again, but in, in addition. Uh, and you can also take the credit for um, the home study. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I just, it's keeping really good records is really important, too. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You know, especially when you're talking about the, the size of credit that, that, that we're discussing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a list of, uh, of what deductions you can take and can't take in my book, uh, Adopting um, Your Step-by-Step Guide, and I do talk about this in here, too, or people can actually you know, do a little check-off list I think is really important, too, and I'm going to see if we can work on a worksheet where people can just keep that and kind of keep their receipts. I'm really big into keeping receipts because you never know what's going to be requested to prove that you've done that. So, um, you know, anybody listening, get in the habit of uh, keeping your gas receipts, getting always your receipts from your any charges you have and uh, uh, note them on top that say adoption and put it in your adoption file. Make a copy if you have to. But I'd rather have too many receipts than say, oh gosh, where is that receipt? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Which is real important. And, and even the photographer, because if you have your photographs taken for your profile, uh, you need to get a receipt from that too. Right and and photocopying of those and, and mailing and over and overnight uh, costs and things like that, um, it's amazing because you want to be able to have enough of that and then have it say no I can't use it but at least you had it. Right, you know, and, and if the IRS were to come in and and disallow, let's say, a portion of your receipts, it's always good to have some other receipts to to bolster up the credit so you don't. Oh, very good, paid. very good advice, Aaron. That's really good too. Uh, if you just joined us, um, we're going to take a little break here. Uh, we're speaking with Aaron Rubin, and he is a tax specialist, uh, an attorney, and uh, CFP uh, that is working in San Jose, California. But he's answering our questions today on adoption tax credits and tax credits for adoptive families. And uh, some really important information that so many people want to know about. So we're going to take a quick break. We come back. Aaron's going to go ahead and give us more information that is very valuable. So make sure you have your pen and pad available or your your notepad open so we can go ahead and take notes. We'll be right back. All children deserve a home, and Lifetime Adoption wants to help those children find a home. If you are starting to explore adoption, Lifetime can help you learn more and find the resources you need. Lifetime has been committed to supporting birth families and helping children for nearly 20 years. They offer guidance and encouragement during and after your pregnancy. At Lifetime, open adoption means you make the choices. Choose the adoptive family. Choose how much contact you want and choose how you want the adoption to happen. The choice is up to you. Lifetime is known for their caring and genuine concern for the birth mother's well-being before and after adoption. They're able to provide adoption services to prospective adoptive families and birth parents from all over the nation. And Lifetime provides you with a 24-hour hotline for support and guidance. To find out more information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com. 
Give the gift of your home to a deserving child. Call 800-923-6784. Well, welcome back to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. I just want to remind you that uh, if you have any questions and suggestions for upcoming shows, please email me at info at letstalkadoption.com. You can also go to our website, letstalkadoption.com, and find out more about our archive programs and also sign up for a free newsletter for adoptive families. And we have lots of topics that, uh, that would interest you, and uh, I believe education is powerful. And the more you know, the more you're going to save not only money, but uh, frustration, time, and anxiety. So it's really important that you educate yourself during the process of adoption, even afterwards, um, no matter how you're touched by adoption. So um, before we left, we were speaking with Aaron Rubin. Um, he's uh, an attorney, a CPA, and a CFP, and he is answering also an adoptive parent in the process uh, to be with his wife, uh, Libby. And we were discussing a little bit about uh, expenses that you can take. Um, We've got a few more questions, Aaron, here, uh, because it's been valuable information, too. Um, Here's another one. Can I uh, use my adoption, my adopted child has adduction uh, or exemption on my taxes, even though the adoption is not finalized? So we have the child credit. can someone do that? The child's in their home, and um, you know they adopt in November. Can they take the, that child deduction for the whole year? Uh, generally, yes, assuming that the child was born in that year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if, if you adopt a new, obviously newborn child um, in, in November, mm-hmm. um, as long as that child was living with you um, in 2009, then yeah, you can, you can take it. Now, in order to take that uh, exemption. What you need to do is form, fill out a form W7A. Mm-hmm. W7A, okay, and that's found on um, um, on the IRS.gov site, right? Yep, absolutely. Okay. okay. Um, and and basically, all you all you need to provide is the child's name, um, kind of the, the agency that that placed the child with you, um, and uh, and uh, of course, you know, something that that says that it was legal. So usually, that involves. Um, you know, an affidavit signed by an attorney, it could be a court order, mm-hmm. a document signed by a hospital official, mm-hmm. or a placement agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a placement agreement is really, uh, really kind of a key in that, too. Do you have to have a new Social Security number for your child to do that? You don't, because, okay. because what, what, a, what a, a W-7A is going to do for you is that it's going to give you something called an A-TIN. Mm-hmm. <laughs> an A-10 is short for Adoption Taxpayer Identification Number. Okay. And basically, that's kind of a temporary number that allows you to take some of the exemptions and other credits uh, available to, to new parents. Okay. Um, so, for instance, you can use your A10 uh, to uh, to get the child care tax credit or the mm-hmm. child tax credit. The, the I guess the general child tax credit is the best way to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that A10 is going to be a temporary number. Usually, it takes the IRS four to eight weeks. Okay. Um, to process that, and you can you can mail the W seven A either to the IRS or you can actually walk into a, a center, mm-hmm. and they can the walk, and they can get that. And they if they walk into the center, can they get that A ten the adoption temporary F for uh, right away, or is it going to still take about four to six weeks? It's, it's still going to take four four to eight weeks to get. Okay. Right. But you know you, your your returns not due till April fifteenth. So if the child is even born in December, you know mm-hmm. you can you can. Get your A10 by you know the beginning of March and be just fine. Okay. Now there's going to be some uh, some credits you're not going to be able to take with your A10. Mm-hmm. For instance, the uh, uh, earned income credit, mm-hmm. uh, which is 
um, for usually lower income families, you need a social security number. Okay. Now, uh, in order to to do that, what you'd probably have to do is extend your tax return, mm-hmm. um, or or you can potentially even file the return and then file an Amend- amendment. Amendment later. after, yeah. But um, but that, that's kind of the way you do it. And the only reason why you get an A ten, by the way, is because you don't have a social security number. So if you a, have a yeah, social security yeah. number, you well, use yeah. It. One of my adoptions, um, uh, my son came with a social security number. Um, that his birth mom had because he was a little bit a little bit older. She had already applied for one. Mm-hmm. Is that something that they can go ahead and use and adopt a family if they're adopting a child that's that's not a newborn? Yeah, if you know, there, there are there are rules um, to be a qualifying child. Um, you know, assuming that it wasn't born in the year, the child has to have lived with you for more than half the year. Okay. So that that is going to be a requirement, and um, the child must not have provided more than half of his own support. Usually, not an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and under age 19. And, sure. Uh, yeah, most and of the little toddlers are, or, or sometimes teens and things, but they're not yeah. working. Then, so what happens with a multiple adoption sibling group? Someone adopts a group of three children. Um, how, does the, um, how does that tax credit look for them? Well, you get, you get the credit per child. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, you have to have the expenses to back it up, assuming that it's not a special needs adoption. And mm-hmm. That's the real... I don't want to use the word benefit, but that that's kind of the, the plus is, side yeah. of, of, a, of a special needs adoption is that mm-hmm. um, you don't actually need expenses to take the credit. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas opposed to if, if it's not a special needs, it's just kind of a, a I guess, run-of-the-mill adoption, mm-hmm. uh, you actually need the actual expenses to be paid. Yeah. Can you, uh, if, if you're, uh, if you if you adopt a child and the adopt child does not have any, I'm really stretching here, has not the proper uh, clothing or household items, uh, a crib or something like that, are those any expenses people can deduct? I, I don't think so. That's that's kind of Basic part of the thing. adoption thing. That's, yeah. uh, that's not actually the expenses that's to a adopt, it's having the child. Yeah, okay. I just Some people will ask about those type of things, too. Um, then the other question, too, would be uh, a kinship adoption or a family adoption, uh, grandparents that are adopting their grandchild, uh, or, and this is kind of a little sticky area, or a niece or a nephew. Um, you know, is that something that is a case-by-case and they need to just talk to a good tax advisor on that to look up? You, you, de- you definitely need someone who's, who's either, who can do the research to, to find that stuff out. I think I think you should be okay with, with taking the credit on that. The, mm-hmm. the big rule is you can't adopt a spouse's child and take their credit. Yeah, so there's um, no way they can do that. Yeah, it, so a step-parent adoption doesn't work at all. No. Yeah, no. okay. Um, military, I guess, uh, I don't see any reason why they couldn't do that. Military has their own uh, tax, uh, you know, adoption credits. But, um, again, with the military, it's probably um, something they have to speak to their family services about, too. Right. Um, uh it, it can get really sticky, you know. With, with, each, with, each, with each situation, um, you know, comes new uh, and novel kind of mm-hmm. uh, problems, and, yeah. and military is no different. Um, yeah. They could probably go to the uh, judge advocate general's office and, and maybe get some help there as well. Yeah, you know, what is a what is a uh, five uh, two nine plan? Well, a five twenty nine plan is a college savings plan, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it allows um, allows parents and whoever else wants to give the child money, to put away money for the child specifically mm-hmm. for college. Mm-hmm. Um, should adoptive parents be thinking about that now, and why should they? You know, you sh- it's never too early to think about college. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sooner you can get money invested and, and have it growing, um, hopefully growing, we should say, mm-hmm. uh, hopefully the economy keeps steaming along, mm-hmm. um, the, the quicker you do that, 
the better off you're going to be because as the money compounds you're going to you're going to save a, a bunch of money uh in in short order and by the time the tr- the child turns 18 you should have a significant um holding in your 529 plan if you are um, religious about putting in either maybe maybe it's a hundred dollars a month maybe it's fifty dollars a month mm-hmm. um, just putting something away yeah. it'll help you out and that does help too because how does that help with the the taxes of the um for the adopt, adoptive parents when they've got a child there um it's tax-free right well what, as long as you use the money in the 529 plan mm-hmm. for um college um expenses mm-hmm that the growth of that money is tax-free. That's great. Now, if you decide you don't want to use it for college expenses, you're going to have to pay tax on it, and you're going to be hit with the 10% penalty. Mm. So you got to, So if, if you want to put money in that college account, you better be sure you're going to put it uh, towards college. Yeah. Well, that's great, and I think you're right. I think I started early putting $100 away uh, in my accounts for my kids, and at times it was really tight to be able to do that. But um, that compound interest uh, is really key. And I remember sitting down with my son when he was just about, uh, I think he was 10 years old, and talking to him about compound interest over lunch. We had gone on a uh, mom-son date, and we were talking about compound interest, and he wanted to know about it. So it was really interesting. Yeah, and, and the good part about the 529 plan is if for some reason you, you let's say your oldest child, you, you, you put a lot of money in their 529 plan and they end up going to a state school or they don't go to school at all, you can actually change the beneficiary on it mm-hmm. um, to a, maybe a younger child that will be going oh, uh, can to they, college. Yeah, can they use it like for, uh, for a private uh, school or private, oh, yes. uh, private yep. education like that? That's cool. What's this other one? You were talking about a, a cover, um, Coverdell education savings plan, yeah, same a, thing? A, a Coverdale plan, is, it's also called an education savings plan, it's an ESA. Mm-hmm. It actually works a lot like a 529 plan. Um, the big restriction on, on a Coverdale is, or an ESA is that each child can only get $2,000 total for the year. Okay. So if grandma and grandpa want to give um, you know, more than that, then they can't. And, um, so, so, and if for some reason the child gets more than $2,000 in their Coverdale account, there's a 6% excise tax um, mm-hmm. no, it doesn't year. sound like a very yeah. It doesn't sound like a very uh, you know if you're looking for that area. Yeah, but but the good the good part about the Coverdale or the ESA is that you actually get to use those those funds for um, K through 12 as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can. Yeah. Okay. So uh, now, of course, the growth period is not going to be as long as a 529 plan because you're using the money right away. But um, if you want to kind of get some money, maybe get working for you a little bit more and use it specifically mm-hmm. for expenses, and that could be for private school or public school. And that's really great because then we don't have deductions for private schools. So people right. could start that right away. So that would be a good plan for just for that then. Yeah, so if you let it grow for five years, you know, mm-hmm. it could be significant. Well, when people are wondering what to get for gifts and things like that, and a child's so young and they're full, when a baby's born or a child's adopted, they're just bombarded with all kinds of gifts. And uh, sometimes I think adopted parents go, oh my gosh, he could never wear all these gifts or she couldn't mm-hmm. wear play with all these toys. So that might be a good idea, too. Certainly, and, and I, when my best friend, who I'm, I'm the godparent to his child, and when when birthday time rolls around, I always put in the 529 plan. Yeah, that's, how do you, how do you ask people about that? Um, you just say, "Here's my here's the information," or how do they do that? Just... Well, the you they have to establish the 529 plan mm-hmm. first of all, and you can do that by going online. Um, and there's there's a bunch of state websites um, that you can use, and then the the 529 plans have to be sanctioned by the states. Okay, um, per individual state, and there's um. There's actually some great opportunities out there because a lot of the states, um, 
allow you to deduct your contributions to 529 plans. Wow. Now, California is not one of those. That's too bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> too bad. But, uh, but Arizona is, is really good about it, uh-huh. um, and, and a whole bunch of other states as well. Illinois, you can deduct up to $10,000 a year wow. off your state tax return for that. So it, it depends uh, on if you're state, and you can just Google that then. Yeah, absolutely. So they'll go in and Google the 529 plan and find out what they can do. Right, and so and so once that 529 plan is established, you can you can gift to the 529 plan directly mm-hmm. as a as a non custodian parent. Yeah. The other question I have too is that comes up often is people want to know when they need to get um, a health insurance and life insurance for their child when they're adopting. Um. Right, and, and health insurance can be particularly tricky when adopting. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you want to make sure is that you, you're communicating well with your insurance rep. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get through work, you know, making sure that, you know, as soon as the child's born, you know, that child's going to be covered. So talking right. with your insurance rep and, and openly yeah. communicating is yeah. very important. Because I've seen it with a lot of the adoptions that we have, a lifetime adoption, that the... Um uh, the baby is covered under the birth mother why in the hospital but as soon as they leave the hospital and they take basically custody of the child then the child is covered under the adoptive parents insurance but then other times as soon as the baby's born but it's like once she signs the the hospital forms and the um, placement agreement then the baby's covered so there's no no um, lapse in in coverage but sometimes um, the insurance has a kick in if the baby is going to be circumcised. The birth mom's insurance will not cover it if she has state insurance, but the adoptive parents want to have that done, and so it's covered under their insurance. And so it's a little bit, you're, I think that's good advice, is just to have them, uh, adoptive parents really contacting their, their provider and find out what is covered and how soon they can have that covered. And, and I say, sometimes the people you speak to, you need to go to a supervisor, because I've had adopted parents come back and say, you know, I was told that until the adoption's finalized, I don't have insurance. And I said, that's a bunch of hogwash. Go back and speak to the supervisor. And, and sure enough, that the um, the person they spoke to did not know what they were doing until they went to the supervisor and, and dug it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, then, and life insurance is, is, is always important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, and, and why would it be important because the child is adopted? You want to have life insurance on the child or life insurance on the parents, of course? Most, I mean, the most important is on, is on the parent, is mm-hmm. on the adopted parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... I always feel, and what I tell clients um, when they come in, is that um, you, you probably want to have enough money in life insurance to cover the mortgage on the house, mm-hmm. to cover your final expenses, mm-hmm. to cover college for your child, mm-hmm. um, and then, of course, to provide some income for your um your spouse, mm-hmm. uh, who may want to stay home with the child for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, or who may not be able to work, or who hasn't worked in, in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Is so, it hard to get life insurance, I guess, as you get older? Uh, I mean, it's going to be just more expensive then. True, true. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you, you, don't, you don't need to buy, you know, the Cadillac whole life insurance policies for, for all this stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, mixing in some, from, some term insurance and working with a, a really competent insurance agent mm-hmm. um, is also very important. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and give out your email if someone wants to contact you, Aaron, because, um, uh, you know, being um, an attorney but also CPA, let's go ahead and give out the email if someone does want to contact you um, any place in the United States for maybe a referral or, or that type of thing. How can they get a hold of you, um, Aaron? Uh, they can send me an email at uh, A-R-U-B-I-N at L-O-R-I-N-G-W-A-R-D dot com. So that's arubin at loringward.com. Okay, and if anybody missed that, they can you can send us an uh, email also at um, info at letstalkadoption.com, and we can get it over to you. Um, I have just a couple more things, questions I have here. Um, 
you know, a lot of people that we're talking about are not feeling like they're real wealthy, but they, they want to know about tax. They're, they're, they're saving money and they're just trying to get through their adoption. But do they need to be concerned with the management of their um, assets? Um, you know, it's, it's wealth management, but they may not feel like they fit into that that category. Right. Uh, what kind of person needs to, you know, concern themselves now that they're going to be a family? Right. You know, what... what we're wealth managers, and, and typically we, we work with families who we can make a really big impact with, with um, the connections that we have in, in the uh, estate planning world and the uh, insurance uh, community. So, you know, you know, we generally limit our practice um, to, to families who have about a million dollars or more uh, mm-hmm. to invest with us. But mm-hmm. um, for, for families who, who, who don't necessarily need that, that kind of level of, of service, mm-hmm. I recommend... Um, Getting a good financial planner. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, I, I, I really enjoy um, a process called life planning. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, if you go to a, a website called moneyquotient.org. Moneyquotient. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, uh, they, they actually certify people in life planning. And um, they're very good. They, uh, they look at kind of all aspects of your life and all your goals and, and try to help you out. Mm-hmm. Um, set, set the right kind of pace from right out the gate, you know, if you were, when you start having kids and even mm-hmm. before you start having, um, you know, your children, you know, to help plan out kind of where you're going. That's great. So money quote, uh, quotation.com. It, money quotient. Money quotient. quotient. Okay. So, um, and, and if you, and they have like a locate, you know, a, um, an advisor and, uh, and you can, they have a map of the entire country. So kind of wherever you are, you should be able to find a, a good life planner. That's great. Um, Getting back to this too, um, you know we've given the information on there too, and um, we've given your type of thing. And there's, are there any other questions that um, that that might come up during um, uh, the adoption planning that uh, regarding taxes um, or keeping the receipts that you think that we have not covered that um, families might ask about? You know, I, I would say you know, you should, families should definitely take a look at having a paper pair, at least for these first few years, because mm-hmm. there are new opportunities that come about um, when there are changes in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you get married, you know, you, you file a different tax return than before, and when you buy a house, you probably start itemizing. And when you, when you start having children, a whole litany of, of new complications come up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, you know, as I, I mentioned before, the child care tax credit, the child tax credit, the child additional tax credit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's never-ending. And uh, the tax code is really thick, and, and you, you should really think have about having someone help you out. Right, exactly. And um, Aaron, I know you do some of that, too, and, and you can give referrals, too. Let's give out your email one more time, too, um, before my last question for you, uh, if you would give out your email one more time. Sure. Uh, uh, A-R-U-B-I-N at L-O-R-I-N-G-W-A-R-D. Com. Okay, great. And the very last question I have is that, you know, we have a sunset uh, or a, it's going to end in, as it is right now, this uh, federal tax adoption tax credit uh, in December of 2010. Um, do you have any inside tips uh, in knowing that uh, it may continue or change? Because a lot of people have been worried that if they don't, um, you know, if they don't get this adoption done now this year, uh, there's a chance that this would be cut completely or, or changed or reduced. Yeah, I, I definitely I can't divine um, what's going to happen. And, you know, a lot of these tax provisions are up in the air because of um, the sunsetting uh, of the George Bush um, tax uh, tax bills in, in the early 2000s. 
uh, and uh, again, you know, for instance, we don't even have an estate tax right now, but everyone expects that there's going to be an estate tax. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I would think that the adoption tax credit is, is one of those credits that are probably going to stick around. Mm-hmm. Um, I again, hope so. I, I, I can't offer, you know, a, you know, any kind of certainty, but, um, you know, hope, hope write your congressman, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and kind of go out there and be active about it. If, yeah. if you're very concerned, you know, public action is, is definitely... Yeah, uh, I think it is, too, very, very much so. Well, these have been important um, answers to so many questions that we receive in um, uh, from to the, to the radio program and also at uh, Lifetime Adoption. So I really appreciate, uh, Aaron, you being on the show and uh, really giving us some insight into this um, and answering so many of these questions. And I'm sure that, as you recommended earlier, that anybody that is going through the process needs to contact um, uh, somebody, a tax repair, and if they're interested in wealth management or getting more information, they've got your email. Um, and um, I think that's important. Once you um, once you decide to adopt, I think you need to start thinking about all these things and, and learning as much as you can. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me, Marty. Well, thank you so much, and I wish you the very best, and I hope that uh, we'll hear back from you soon, that you and your wife, Libby, will have a, a little one on the way and uh, be matched up very quickly. So uh, if so, um, as soon as that happens, we'll have to put a photograph up with your, your link on this and um, work side. So your best to your wife, and thank you again, Aaron. Uh, Aaron Rubin has been our guest today. He is an attorney, CPA, and has been answering questions on um, the adoption tax credits for adoptive families, and he's also a wealth manager uh, in San Jose, California, and uh, has a lot of wealth of, uh, of information uh, to share. So we did share his email, and if you have any questions, you can always contact me at info at Let's Talk Adoption. Thank you again, Aaron, and uh, thank you for listening today to Let's Talk Adoption. This is Marty Caldwell. Until next week, God bless you. Go out there, have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye now. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. For more adoption information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com or call 1-800-923-6784. That's 1-800-9-ADOPT-4. And tune in again next week at the same time for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. Marty Caldwell.